Hello and welcome back to the Metropolitan Culture Corner, where once a month I have the privilege of getting to know one of the inspiring hombres y mujeres that make the local arts and culture scene so interesting and dynamic. This month we go behind the scenes with sound engineer Andres Giraldo. Andres was born and raised in Panama, where his dad instilled in him a love of music and of hi-fi gear. He became interested in music production at the tender age of 16, and at the age of 19 he moved to Barcelona to formalize his studies in audio engineering at recording school Sai or SAE Barcelona. Andres then immediately dove into the competitive world of recording studios and live concerts, doing internships, working long hours, cutting his teeth on a pretty impressive list of projects for international clients as well as local artists in a relatively short time. And it's been really amazing to see his career grow over the past several years from beginning engineer with a lot of ability to somebody who really, really knows what he's doing and who brings a lot to the table when he works with artists, whether they're baby bands or established figures on the pop, rock, flamenco, trap, whatever scene. So I am very happy to to be able to present his work to you and also to share a bit of what it's like to be the person who is basically the filter between the artist and the listener because without that guy in the middle music never gets made so without further ado please welcome sound engineer andres giraldo to the metropolitan culture corner every single situation is different for me i always make that click when i'm sitting in a studio behind the speakers or in a venue doing the sound behind the pa system when there's this magic coming out of the speakers is for me that's the story you know and that has happened so many times and it can happen in so many contexts but that's when i enjoy the most my profession uh, usually you get that the most when you work with high level musicians and when you work with that level of music it's just beautiful because it's like as i said it's just magic coming out of the speakers and, and for me that's the one thing to highlight basically when you have that opportunity to listen to that quality of musicians but then in terms of stories there's a lot of stories a lot of things always happen you know both good and bad but in the end of the day is how do you push through the difficult moments you know how do you keep your cool keep the calm and make things work and always when at the end of the day everybody's happy then doesn't matter how much you have to suffer through to get to that if you manage to make it work then that's it welcome to the metropolitan culture corner thank you for talking to us today thank you so much Tori. it's a pleasure being here with you starting from the beginning you moved to barcelona for school why choose to study in Barcelona? And then after school, why did you stay in Barcelona? Well, basically, I was really into electronic music production back in the day when I was around 16, 17. And I was thinking about becoming a DJ first uh, thought about going to Berlin and I tried doing that but it didn't work because of visa and paperwork stuff and the same college that I was looking to go to had a place here in Barcelona and I also had some family members here in Barcelona so I basically ended up deciding to change plans and come to Barcelona but it was more of a fact of visa stuff and then the fact of having some sort of a family in a city that made it look like it would be a bit easier to start a new life somewhere else. And then once you got here, was the scene what you expected as far as live music, as far as the DJ scene, as far as electronic music? I think I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but it wasn't completely 100% sure that I wanted to do that. And then when I got here, it changed pretty abruptly because I started to get more into the live music scene, but not so much into the DJing. And I basically started to work with live bands as a sound engineer, and that kind of changed my whole approach of what I thought I wanted to do. And I got much more into engineering rather than music production or DJing. And basically that's kind of how my career started or took off here in Barcelona. And through that, through studying and to working with bands and eventually working at studios as well, recording I ended up working and working and working and then time went by and I'm still here. 
<laughs> you said you got more interested in engineering than producing. I think a lot of people in the music world will understand that there's a difference, but if you're not in the music world, maybe people don't know. So what is the difference between what you do and what somebody with the producer title does? Well, basically, when I was doing music production, I was just in my house making funky sounds and funky music. And it's more to do with creating tracks and music in the house with the computer, as it could be as an artist or a producer. Whereas working as an engineer, live, for example, you know, you go to a venue, you do all the stuff that's to do with sound to make the show work and, and sound good. And then in the studio, it was more having bands coming into the studio and recording the bands and help what they had produced before become a, a thing which would be afterwards reproduced for their audience, if that makes any sense. With some of your artists, do you have more of a producer role or are you exclusively trying to help them realize their vision? Well, that's the funny stuff because I got really far away from music production when I started to work in the live music scene and in studios, but more in the recording and mixing side. But then through time, you realize that it's kind of like all intertwined. So I started to get back into production, but more into helping bands when it came into the studio to take decisions in terms of what had to happen with the track when they weren't so sure about something, about some sort of an arrangement or some sort of a section in the track. Kind of one way or another, you have to give them a hand because you're the one sitting and listening to the music and they're the ones playing. So if there's not a figure of a music producer that is only doing that, you as the engineer have to kind of take the role and give them a hand. So in the end, without thinking about it, I end up getting back somehow into music production. Though it wasn't electronic music production, it was much more to do with organic music. What's the difference, whether you're talking about working in a live setting, in a concert, or if you're working in the studio, what is the difference between recording or mixing? Is it different or is it just a question of make it sound good? No, it's completely different. First thing is the schedules. Normally in a studio you work in a day and in a venue you work in the night. And then it's, yeah, it's completely different the way you approach to work and what's your role. So basically in, in a live show, it's about making it sound and making it work. It's not as much how lovely it can get to sound of. That's of course also a part of the job. But it's mostly about just making it work and making it easy for the artist to be able to do a sound check for him or she to be comfortable on the stage and for the audience to be able to hear the artist properly. So it's more to do with the technicality to make it work in terms of audio. And when it comes to the studio, it's a much more artistic job as in you have this white canvas and you have to paint it with sound and there's a lot of ways that you can do that so it comes to do with the mics you choose how the production is thought in terms of are they going to record together or they're going to record separate the style of music i would say the work in the studio is much more detail oriented in terms of the quality of the sound whereas the job live is more practical job so to speak though it can also be very detail oriented but that's more when you are working with a specific artist and you're working in a big tour and you're looking for specific sounds so there's a big difference between live and in the studio is there a difference when you're in the studio working with different genres of music or is it just using the correct equipment using the right mic does a flamenco artist for example versus a trap artist or something is it a very different approach or is it just kind of the same no, it's completely different. The example that you're saying is completely opposite, no? Flamenco yeah. is it's 100% organic music, and so it's all about the mic placement. It's all about making sure the emotion of the music is coming through. Whereas with the trap artist, you work faster, you could say, because you have less elements to record. It's usually only a vocal, so put on a mic, record a vocal, and just go with it and record like three or four tracks in the morning. Whereas flamenco artist, usually you're recording an album and it takes longer. It's that in terms of the technical side, and the human side is also very different because the personalities of a Flamenco musicians are very different to uh, trap artists, you know? So in that sense, you could say that you kind of specialize not only in how the music sounds, but also in how do you communicate with these people and how do you know what they expect from you? And then you start to understand that with time, people and characters that are really related to the music they make. And then you start to understand how do you play your role as an engineer with them in terms of the timing, as in terms of the rhythm of the work and the things that they expect from you to happen in the studio. So yeah, definitely it's completely different when you're working with different styles of music. So it's a lot of psychology as well 
well, not just technical stuff. Yeah, something they don't teach you in the university, which I think is something super, super important is the psychology behind making music. I think is the first thing before anything else. That's one thing I wanted to ask you that there's kind of a romantic view of the music industry, just like there is of the film industry, just like of many creative fields where sometimes people will see, especially in a movie, you know, like the sound guy at his cool looking desk with all the buttons and faders and things. And there's an idea that music is emotion more than technique sometimes. But as the person who's responsible for a lot of the technical side of things, what are the most important things that you learned in school? And what are the most important things that you learned on the job, like in a hands-on way? And do you think it's necessary to go to school to be an engineer? Well, I think the problem about going to school as an engineer is that you get too focused on the technical side and you have to understand the technicality so you can do your job. But you focus too much on that and you forget a lot about the emotion of the music. In that sense, I think you miss a lot of important things when you're doing the job, when you're recording an artist, when you're mixing music for an artist. As you get better, you start to realize that the technicality is just something in between for you to get to the music. But the most important is the music. It has to reach the people. You know, the music has to transmit a message. And that is to do with the quality of the sound, yeah, but it's to do as well with how the musicians were feeling when they were recording how do you make things work so they could record fast so they could do what they were trying to do or that you were able to catch those moments that are very special in the studio you know which you don't get all the time it's not like you go into a studio you press record and it's just like oh magic as, as you say uh, sometimes you go into a studio you press record and it's shit and you can mostly tell when you're looking at the face of the musicians they're not happy they're not smiling you know and then when that's happening it's like something is not working sometimes it's a matter of because something is wrong or sometimes it's a matter of because you just have to be patient and you have to record and record and then at some point something clicks and the magic starts to happen and you just have to make sure you capture that moment. When you get better, you just realize that you have to get through to the technical as fast as you can so you can focus on the music and so you can focus on the artist is doing and how is he feeling and what he needs. And that's all to do a lot with visual contact, so to speak. Like you have to constantly be focusing on the artist and see, see the face, you know, and through the face, you understand a lot of things because sometimes they don't tell you and like you would expect them to tell you that they need or don't need something. But they have so many things in their head that they're going through, like they have to know the song, they have to know the arrangement. Maybe they also have to direct to the musicians in the studio. So you also have to kind of like fill a role where you're giving them support even if they're not asking you to do it. So even though it's important to go to school and learn this technical side of things, you feel like there's a lot of things that you learned outside of school that were as important or more important to that, right? Yeah, you unfortunately learn it the hard way through making a lot of mistakes and having a lot of bad experiences. But definitely it's much more important the personal side, the psychological side, as we said before, and the music. In the end, it's the music. Um, but I mean, also a really good way to learn it was through working with other people that had more experience than me and seeing how they work especially because when you're beginning you're very nervous overthinking everything and then you don't let things flow and that's something that you kind of see from people that have more experience how they just keep things very smooth don't overcomplicate situations try to make things as easy as possible both for them and for the artist i think that's something that i missed a lot in school talks like this you know somebody telling you stuff like this like hey man just make your life easier just put up one mic when we have possibilities in a studio we always think yeah i'm gonna put four mics and then i'm gonna put another two and then there's gonna be one mic in the toilet think about all these crazy ideas and you just make your life really hard then you realize well maybe that was a bit unnecessary it's just about making your life easier and just about focusing on what was important on the work whether it was a professor or a mentor or another engineer that you worked with when you started your professional side of things were there any specific people that really helped you understand that or who really inspired you or who really changed the way you work 
I'd say one of my first mentors was Jose Catanio. He's an engineer from Chile that lives here in Barcelona, and he used to work at a studio called Aclam, which was my first studio that I worked in. And I was doing an internship at the studio, so I was working for him at the time. I was his assistant. I learned a huge amount just watching him work. He's great, and he at the time knew way more than me, so I was a sponge back in the day, you know, as much information from him. And that was great. And then later on, I started working on that same studio with another engineer that came in later. His name is Ismael Salses. It was a bit different, the relationship, because with Jose, he was older than me, so I quickly took the role of the disciple. But with Ismael, we were kind of the same age, so we took this role of like working hand to hand. And we both nurture each other a lot, so we both learn a lot from each other. And that was also another mentoring experience that I had, which is a bit different, but was also really cool. But in the end, you just realize that when you learn the most is when you work with other people, because you feed each other a lot. Two brains think better than only one brain. So definitely mentoring is something that I would advise anyone to try and get. Is there any other advice that you would tell somebody, let's say they're 16 or they're 19, like you were, and they're moving to Barcelona saying, I really want to be a live engineer. I really want to be a studio engineer. I mean, is there something else they should keep in mind besides learning from other people, learning your technical side of your craft, learning the psychology? Well, I would say Barcelona is a great city to make a career in the live music scene. I'm talking on the engineers, not on the musical side. There's a really good level of engineering in Barcelona. There's a really good level of companies doing uh, productions and sound and lighting. So in that sense, I think it's a great place to come and learn. On the recording side of things, like music production, recording, mixing, I think it's really tough because there's not much independent music being made. You don't have the chance to make connections with artists that are growing and grow together with them. So there's like a huge gap. There's like people that are upcoming, but they stay upcoming and they never get anywhere and people that are already very established and they're huge and you have no way to get to them. So I would say Barcelona is really a tough city to develop a career in the music scene on the side of recording, mixing and producing music. But that basically comes from the reality of the artists. You know, they have a really tough reality. There's no scene for them to play. There's no venues pitching original upcoming artists. There's no business. There's no labels in Barcelona. There's like a black hole. I don't know what's going on here, but if somebody can explain to me, that would be great. <laughs> You've also worked in Denmark, you've worked with clients in Switzerland. I mean, is it better, just to put it bluntly, is there a big difference between how things work in other countries versus how they work here? Well, I haven't had the chance to work enough in other countries to be able to have a judgment on how it works there. But definitely when I've been out of Barcelona, I can tell there's more music being made, there's more money in the music as well. So yeah, maybe I have the idea that it's a bit better, but I know it's also not Disneyland. I know people struggle anywhere in the world when it comes to music. But once again, I don't have enough experience to be able to have a say on industries outside of Barcelona. I'm watching you answer my questions there in your home studio. It's a cool setup. It's a small, compact setup, but I know you also work in big studios. You have worked in big studios around the city. And as far as live sound goes, you've worked in everything from small jazz clubs to bigger events, theaters, festivals. So how do you do that as an engineer? How do you go into a studio you're unfamiliar with or a venue you're unfamiliar with and just make it work? It sounds magical to people who don't have that kind of experience, I think. I have to say I've been very lucky that I've made some really cool connections with musicians and people that have allowed me to go and work into these bigger studios. And that's an amazing experience because it's like you go into these places and you have so many gears, so many tools that you only get when you go to these places. The first time is very intimidating because you don't know what to do when you have so many possibilities. But yeah, you just have to learn to take it easy, learn to, as I say, to make your life easier. The less you do, the better normally. And then through time, you start to like add little things that spark the situation and you learn your way around these facilities. You start to learn your way around working with the musicians, working also with the in-house engineer, which is a super important thing. 
figure because you as an engineer you know how to do your job but you don't know how was the studio constructed so you always need that person to guide you and to tell you you can find this here this works like this so the first thing is to develop a good relationship with the in-house engineer because you're gonna have to work with him hand to hand but then ultimately you got there because the artist because he brought you because he likes what you do so in the end you have to be there bringing what the artist has in mind and making that a reality for him or she and then when it comes to life it's kind of the same you know you just have to rely a lot on the engineer that's on the venue or on the festival because they were the ones that they've been there since before and setting everything up so they know there's everything and how everything works so you just have to rely on them to get through the technicalities that allow you to do your work and then once you have that then you just focus on the artist focus on them being comfortable and making things happen and then also i think you're also like a barrier of stress between the artist and the technicality the artist doesn't need to know that there's problems and those problems are most of the time problems that you're not the one responsible for creating the problems but they just arise because things happen both in live and studio and so you're kind of like that very stopping those problems from reaching the artist and you're in there to try and solve them and that's also a really important job because you know the artist has to focus on the music has to be able to be creative and the less he knows about things going wrong the better because the more creative and the more relaxed he or she can be for the people who are sitting here listening and they're thinking that sounds super cool but i still don't really understand what an engineer does briefly is it possible to explain what a typical day is like in the studio and what a typical day or evening is like if you're doing a live concert well i'm really lucky to work in both because i really love both live and studio mainly because they're super different in terms of the rhythm and how you work for example when i'm at the studio where i am now mixing a record is a much more chill and relaxed kind of pace you know you wake up make a coffee you play some music you usually play music that's similar to the one you're going to mix or the references which are usually what the artist sends you because they tell you i want to sound similar to this or something that i like so you play the music to the speakers you get involved in the music and then you open up the session to mix the music of the artist you're working with and then you just basically go through all the technicalities in terms of sound to make the music sound what you're looking for that's a much more chill way of working when it comes to life it depends if you're working for an artist or you're working for a venue or a festival but in the context of working with an artist there's a lot of pre-production work they have to do to make sure that once you get to the festival or the venue they're going to have all the gear that you need to be able to make the show of your artist work basically you get to the venue introduce yourself to the engineers in the venue you have a talk you make sure that you're on the same page in terms of what the artist needs and what you all need technically and then you kind of do the same as in a studio where you play music you play music to the pa system of the venue or the festival which is basically the pa is the public address which is the speakers that are aiming to the crowd you get a sense of how it sounds and then you make the adjustments to make it sound in a way that you like and then you just make it work make it work for the artist make it work for yourself ideally as fast as possible normally you have a bit more of a time strain in live music because you have so many variables that depend on you doing things on time so you have normally a bit more pressure in that sense but yeah that's kind of how it's done and you're talking about the equipment do you need really expensive equipment to make an artist sound really good or is it more about the person behind the board technology has allowed everyone or almost everyone to get their hands into making music because it made everything cheaper compared to before before you always had to go to these massive studios where they had this massive console to make music otherwise you couldn't nowadays with a laptop and a small interface where you can get for a really affordable price you can start to make music so you don't need crazy expensive tools to make music but that always depends on other factors and the music you make how do you want to make the music the size of the band so you don't generally need really expensive gear but good gear is crazy expensive 
So when you go to a festival or venue and you have these massive speakers, they cost a fortune. Sometimes you go to venues and the gear they had was not such a great system. But yeah, gear is expensive, but as it was kind of your point, you don't necessarily need this expensive gear to make good music. It's all about who's behind the desk or who's behind the mic and the quality of their craft that is going to be in the end the most important thing. But when you have really good musicians with a really good engineer and then you have really good gear, then it's like you have the full circle and then it's just magic. Aside from all these festivals and live shows and mixing and recording, you also, in all your free time, you host a podcast called Notas de Alio, where you interview other sound engineers and music producers from Spain and Catalonia. So why did you decide to do that? And who are some of the people you've interviewed so far? What are you learning from this project? Well, I'm a podcast junkie. I love to listen to podcasts, especially podcasts from America and from England. And I always get so much inspiration. I always get so many mind-blowing moments listening to the podcast. I've been thinking for a long time, like, wow, this is amazing. I really like what I'm hearing in this podcast. I would love to bring that to our context, to our language, to this country, to Spain. And so basically through thinking about that, I ended up doing my own. It's going to be released in September, the first episode. And the whole point of the story is interviewing other engineers to ask them, just as you're asking me about their career, about their experience, about their work, philosophy, stories that they can tell of experiences they had in the studio and live music. And it's just a way of creating a, a bigger network of people in the country. It's a way of sharing knowledge and experiences. I guess my whole end goal is to provide those same moments of mind-blowing experiences to people listening to the podcast because you're listening to these amazing engineers talking about the way they do things. I find that so valuable. That sounds like you are doing all kinds of cool things. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us on this little air-conditioned corner, the Metropolitan Culture Corner. And good luck with your many, many, many upcoming projects for this year. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And it's been a pleasure being on the other side of the camera for the first time. And that's it. Have a wonderful rest of your summer Metropolitan Culture Corner people and see you next month for more behind the scenes awesomeness with one of the cool creatives that make up our dynamic, vibrant international culture scene here in Barcelona. Thank you, Barcelona Metropolitan, for continuing to support local art and culture. And thanks to you for remembering to subscribe to Barcelona Metropolitan's official YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode of our monthly interview series.